And we are here. It is 10.05 on the East Coast here on a Friday night, September 22nd. Welcome into Smack Talk here on the Sports Kita Wrestling Facebook page and the Wrestle Binge by Sports Kita YouTube channel. Rick Uccino, SP3, and the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel. We are here to recap another episode of Friday Night Smackdown and uh, react to the big news stories of the week. And um, look, the, the news just does not stop. Yeah, hurry up. Let's knock somebody. When, That's what uh, people listen I want, I want to bust somebody. When it comes to WWE, <clears throat> AEW, whatever it is, the news does not stop coming. Unfortunately, this is not one of the weeks uh, that we like to cover uh, in professional wrestling. Thursday started off hot, man. It started off hot by at 3 a.m. We had the announcement that WWE was returning to Australia by 9 a.m. We heard, found out that WWE Friday Night Smackdown, the show that we watch every week, is moving from Fox back to the USA Network uh, starting in 2024. And then by 930, Mustafa Ali had been released, and then slowly but surely more and more names started to trickle out. And the final one coming out tonight, uh, right before SmackDown, if you missed it, Matt Riddle no longer uh, with WWE. He joins the likes what? of Ziggler, Elias, Shelton Benjamin, Emma, Mustafa Ali, Dana Brooke, Aaliyah, Riddick Moss, and uh, several NXT superstars and a few others I'm sure that I'm missing. Um SB3, I want to start with you. Uh, your reaction to, first off, just the, you look at the list of people who got released, Dolph Ziggler, Elias, two guys who jump off the page, but now you add Matt Riddle into the fold uh, tonight. Uh, one of those things, not like the other, obviously, Riddle's, uh, at least according to Sean Ross at Fightful.com and anybody who has common sense as well, can just see it was kind of, his, his outside of the ring antics, he finally just burned his last bridge, it appears. Yeah, Riddle has been through a lot as far as his out-of-ring uh, life, whether it's his personal life and the falling out he had in his marriage with his family, uh, his people that he chose to be in relationships with afterwards. Uh, it always kind of was a show, and yeah, it wasn't even wasn't even the the smoking of the weed. It was all the other stuff that Randy got that cleared for him. Randy got that cleared for him, but I guess he started doing some more extracurricular activities if you've been watching his social media. So, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, that whole situation, but I mean, Riddle, despite what you think of him in his personal life, and, you know, I'm not going to not going to blame anyone who feels a certain way about his personal life. Uh, he is talented. And in this business, it does not matter who you are as a person. Sometimes it just matters if you have some skill or talent for people to make money off of. So you'll be all right. Dolph Ziggler. I mean, this is a person that honestly, I'll be I'll, I'll tell you as a fan, this is an honest moment here. I'm fortunate he lost his job. Hope the best for him. But he is somebody that I've wanted to see out of a WWE contract for about a decade now because I feel like that would have been best for his career because I feel like he could have flourished and he could have been back now in a better position. Honestly, we've seen we've seen the Cody Rhodes route. We've seen it with Drew McIntyre. I think that Dolph probably needed that maybe 10 years ago after the whole money in the bank thing didn't work out. And I think that he would be in a much better position in WWE today because of that. But he stood the long haul. 
third longest amount of matches. I mean, third most matches in WWE history. So he is the workhorse. He deserves all the credit in the world for being a mainstay of the roster. And he's going to be all right. He's going to bounce back. He'll probably get a job in AEW by the time yeah. his 90 day completes. Mustafa Ali is another guy who's just like that. He's so talented. So there's a talented group of people that honestly, you know, we it's unfortunate they lost their job and lost their you know way of making a living in this business but i have no doubt in my mind that all of these people are going to bounce back on their feet because it's a very talented group of people despite them not being used on wwe television yeah and dutch i think that's that's the kind of key component for everybody other than matt riddle here is none of these people were really factored in uh creatively as talented as, as they may be i mean you look at a guy like elias the guy made literally anything work. He was his own twin brother for like six months. And he and Kevin Owens were the best thing for Monday Night Raw for, for several months going there for a while. And for whatever reason, WWE didn't get behind him. They never really got behind Mustafa Ali. And, you know, Ali was somebody who was doing stuff, but not on the main roster. And I, I, I believe it was Dave Meltzer who said he was making main roster money working in NXT. So that kind of didn't add up to uh, the bookkeepers. And that's why uh, Brock in the chat here, how was Ali, uh, Ali released? He's gotten a push for North American champion. Yeah. He is supposed to have a title match on September 30th. That is not happening anymore. Yeah. He was supposed to face Dominic Mysterio. No mercy. Hell, he was supposed to be on raw this coming Monday. Obviously that is no longer going to be happening. Uh, Dutch, Un unfortunate though it may be you can kind of look at each one of these individually and may not agree with it but you can kind of understand if wwe decided to move on if they weren't utilizing them and using them anyway okay <clears throat> so my time to talk now yes sir yeah thank you thank that you. was my setup for you hey hey hey, hey 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 listen it's like pro football you get you get hired to get fired I mean, how long is a guy going to play pro football? Not long, because they expect that. To Matt Riddle, I will say one thing. I want to thank him for exposing TSA, because I've been kind of sexually harassed going through there myself, and nobody – and when I would say something, oh, and they'd say, shut up, Dutch. Nobody did – but he says it. At least he shined a spotlight on those guys who've been doing it for years and no telling who they've done it to. But they did it to Matt Riddle. Now, he gets fired for it, for telling the truth. And Dolph Ziegler, listen, he's been there since World War II. He's been there forever. <laughs> and it's like I say, you get hired to get fired. So, and I'm sure Dolph doesn't have any problem with it. After 20 years, if, if you hadn't stacked enough way to get you through the next couple of years anyway he can go and relax lay back go to the caribbean go and do whatever he wants to do without a worry in the world so and there's no hard feelings on anybody's side because everybody understands that they pay him for 90 days which a lot of jobs they don't do that they might pay you two weeks might pay you a month maybe but he gets paid for 90 days and but everybody knows who he is so he, he won't be hurting the other guys I really don't have a problem with is because they weren't using them anyway. And I didn't see a lot of upside to, to a lot of them. Uh, who was the girl? Emma. She didn't do anything. 
I mean, I think well, they, didn't, they didn't do anything they, with her. Yeah, no, no, no. That's she's, what I'm saying. she's great, but they didn't. Uh, uh, her first match, she peaked. She wrestled Ronda Rousey in her first match she, for the. She what? She peaked. She peed. Peaked. Oh, she peed. Peaked. Oh, I'm sorry. Now that would be something to be remembered for if you had your first match and you just urinate all over the ring. I would remember that myself. So, but what um, was her boyfriend's name? Madcap Moss. Riddick yes. Moss. Let go. Yeah. They, they nothing they can do with him. So, but anyway, he's got he's I, got talent. He's talented. He's he's got that. He's fast. He's got a great look. But I think he's a guy that probably be better suited along with Elias in Impact Wrestling. I feel like Impact Wrestling we get the most out of their talents because they're more talented characters and talkers than they are in ring workers. They're not the guys that are going to give you the great matches. But I feel like Impact will you know get the most out of their their character work over there. Well, who do you think okay. the best place for Ali is? Uh, Kroger's. Uh, independent tour <laughs> where he doesn't sign a contract and he just bounces around to anybody that will use him for a certain amount of time. I want him to be, uh, I want him to be Leo Rush. What Leo Rush is doing, where he bounces to like New Japan, Impact Wrestling, you can catch him in a GCW, you can see him on the independent scene. I want something like that for Mustafa Ali because I don't want to see him kind of locked down for a little bit. I wouldn't want him immediately go into AEW. Like someone like Dolph, I think Dolph just already has a job in AEW. This guy's been on Being the Elite twice in three months. I am sorry. <laughs> I, I like, I saw some people being like feeling bad for him. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't. I, I'm the kind of. I kind of have a feeling this is kind of what he wanted. Cause yeah, like, is that, if anything, like his contract was up next summer anyway. So if anything, WWE just you know. Because it it seems like a very weird coincidence that uh, Ryan Nemeth posts a meme of him and his brother holding the AEW World Tag Team titles and Dolph holding the AEW World Championship and him holding the TNT Championship. A uh, few days before he gets released. I mean, put put the graphic together already. Just just have Tony Khan go ahead and say, as of whatever ninety days from now, go ahead and just just put his name on there in his photo. Uh, Ryn saying, uh, "I'm shocked they released Dabakato. I'm not. Um, the there there's some of these people. You look at the the NXT people. You look at you know, um." Talent like Aaliyah, who you, you pretty much, you pretty much can uh, name. Uh, Aaliyah shouldn't have been hired. She was horrible. Rick, no, she's probably, worse. She's worse than horrible. You could probably name each person that wasn't used on TV and got released this week, and I can tell you when WWE gave up on them. I can tell you the moment they gave up on them. You when know when they, they gave up, up on Navicato when Raw Underground, when Raw Underground ended. That was when they gave up on Navicato. I mean, you look at. They, where did they give up on top dollar? Oh, when he when did he the did flop that? dollar did. When he did the flop dollar. <laughs> when he did that the tummy it. flop. Boom. That was it. I, it, it, felt, it felt like it was felt like it was already winding down then. <laughs> but th I feel like that was the moment where they were just like, no, you're just a joke now. You're, oh, yeah. You seriously. Yeah. And when Michael Cole is burying you on commentary. Yeah. That's, you know, kind of writings on the wall. The interesting thing is they released top dollar. They keep. Uh, Shante Diodonis, they keep uh, B Fab, so interesting to see. Hit Rose done, but it's interesting to see what they do moving forward. Yeah. Well, in defense of those guys, they never really did anything with them anyway. They they were just there for a 
you know, a cup of coffee and then they were gone. Basically. You know, you know who I'm honestly happy for is Mason Monsoor, uh, who were let go this week. These are two guys who took every piece of chicken shit that WWE gave them and turned it into chicken salad. These were guys who got over on their own and then were inexplicably taken off of television. What they and Maxine were doing on Raw as the Maximum Male Models was working. And then they just take Maxine away from them and remove them from TV. Dutch, don't roll your I eyes. Disagree. You don't, no, you don't I disagree. No, I disagree. You don't that watch maximum male model sucked. I mean, I, I, I only oh, okay. I, I disagree. I disagree on what they did on SmackDown. For Go people, ahead. for people who do who do watch Raw, I think I think uh, Rick is being very generous by saying they were getting over. I wouldn't say that. I would say it was, it, I would say it was good stuff they were doing, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was getting over. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, he's speechless. No, go ahead. No, I was being mean. You heard his feelings. You heard his feelings, Sid. Look, he's he's hurt. Uh, go ahead. Regardless, they're two really talented dudes. <laughs> I, I'm glad they've been unshackled. From, from WWE, and I think those are going to be guys as well, uh, who are hopefully they get they get a lot of opportunities because they're they're going to earn them. Uh, Mon- Impact, yo, Impact going to be eating. We're going sure. to be cooking. Watch Hard to Kill in January. Hard to Kill in January. We're going to see Mace Mansoor. We're going to see uh, Elias, really uh, Madcap Moss, and they'll get a lot more a lot more out of them than WWE has been using them. So. Hey guys, by the way, please don't put in the chat why was this person released and not this person. We're not doing that. Let, let, let's not do that in the chat tonight. Uh Shelton let's Benjamin. Be positive. Name. Let's yes. be positive and optimistic yeah. about the future yes, of everybody yes. involved. I want all of them to do well. Shelton exactly. Benjamin, another name that uh I, I forgot to roll out there. That this is a guy who Man, I wonder why they even brought him back. Like outside of what he did with the hurt business, this is a guy that it's like what do you they brought him back under had to be on television they brought him back when Vince was still in power too he's been back what three years or more no six yeah. oh six damn where did three years go but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but we, yeah, lost, he, we lost three years of the pandemic that's part of it no he if you get a, used in that long yeah, yeah yeah I've been used since the Vietnam War but they brought him back a long time ago. Uh, you need to be World, a little more lenient. Frantic World saying, I can see Aaliyah getting a run just like Ty Mello if she signs with AEW. Look, I, I think Aaliyah has a great look. She's just not been able to put it together over the course of, of eight years. I don't know. I hope you know she gets as many opportunities as she wants. She's got a name. She's a former WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. Maybe she's got some clout. If she wants to wrestle, I hope she gets a chance to wrestle. But, you know, you, the nice way of putting it, I'm not as blunt as Dutch is. She just hasn't been able to put it together in eight years. And they <laughs> took her off of television for a year and had nothing for her. Um, hopefully she How long has she been there? In eight eight years? Eight years, yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't click. Sometimes it just doesn't yeah, click. Unfortunately. unfortunately. Well, if it doesn't click. It didn't take them eight years. They were generous in giving her seven if she didn't click. And they she got paid for seven years for 
just to be there. I mean, some some people are late bloomers. Angelo Dawkins was in NXT for five he or was six there for years. A while. He yeah, was five, he six, was the former years. standard bearer as far as like long stretches in NXT, and we thought everybody thought Aaliyah would you know find a role kind of like he did in the tag team with the Street Profits, but. They try tag teams. They tried a bunch of stuff. Maybe it's not for her, or maybe the WWE system is not for her. That, that's and also we, a very good point. Because, because like, like he, like uh, Frantic World is is suggesting, Ty Mello was someone that the WWE system wasn't for her. They yeah. didn't get the most out of her. They tried to stifle the only thing that made her different with her uh, Muay Thai background. And when she went to AEW and learned under guys like Dustin Rhodes and D Malenko and Jerry Lynn, she started to get better and she started to become a more complete wrestler. So it's yeah. not always the WWE system. And like Dutch has said many times, WWE will teach you some stuff and then put you in a shelf and you just collect dust. Yeah, they will. Uh, RYN asking wonder where dyad will go. Uh, there, and I feel like they're AEW like, like that's another one that seems like a no brainer because right. AEW loves tag teams and they're a team that you can either use on AEW television or ring of honor. Yeah. Yeah. But how much room does AEW have? They got 180 talents. Well, a lot of, a lot of talents contracts so, is well, up that, in AEW and WWE and what? Okay. Then AEW, AEW, they're going to be issuing some, we'll see you later. No, I mean, they already, they, they already they have been. They don't they nope. don't do that. They just let the contract expire. I think that people we can't we can't confuse the people watching and they need to understand that there is a difference between honoring a contract to its end and being released from a company. The yeah, reason why sure. some some what you might see some fans out there that have a little bit more outrage to the releases this week in comparison to someone like Joey Janela or Sunny Kiss as more recently having their AEW contracts just expire and they don't renew them. Yes, it's unfortunate they don't renew them, but at least they got their whole contract money. These guys yeah. don't. Yeah, totally fair. And I think the other thing is the optics of WWE doing this. Literally hours, Dutch, after they announced a $1.4 billion TV rights deal with the USA Network, with, with NBC Universal, to move SmackDown from Fox to USA starting next year. I believe October of 2024 is when that move happens. So I know there were a lot of people who, you know, look at that and go, okay, this doesn't seem necessary. Business is business, moves are move. I don't think these two things had a correlation with one another. These cuts were going to happen regardless. It's just, it's a bad look, obviously, that this happens on the same day. Uh, but kind of focusing there on the on the move here, what do you think that's going to mean for WWE and mean for SmackDown? Do you think this is a good deal? Obviously, $1.4 billion is, that's a paycheck, and that's more money than they're getting from Fox. It also may not be as much money as they were hoping to get in this next deal. and. I got to feel like the ratings are going to suffer a little bit here because USA is not in as many households as, as Fox is concerned. What are your thoughts about uh, USA swipe, uh, swiping Friday night SmackDown starting next year? Well, that's, that's the network they made their name on USA. Under, they understand their worth, their value. So I, I, and I congratulate WWE for picking that contract up. 
I think Fox, I mean, now SmackDown is peaking almost. They still haven't quite peaked out, but they're doing a hell of a lot better than they did a year ago. They're probably doing, what, 700,000 people a week better now. And last week's uh, show with The Rock did 2.6 million almost, which is not a bad number for Friday nights. Yeah, I think so, it peaked at 2.8, 2.9. I don't, I don't think they're going to get that on USA. I think they're no, going to, I think they're going to top out at 2 million again. Like 3 million seem to be the topper here on Fox. I think they're going to go down to like 2 million. Maybe they could get the 2.5s if they're like, so like how many like, households like, is it? How many households would USA be in as compared to Fox? Well, before you answer that real quickly, we do have a bit of breaking news. Uh, Sean Rossap <laughs> of Fightful did just uh, tweet out and confirm from WWE sources that LA Knight tested positive for COVID before WWE SmackDown. Hmm. That's why he wasn't a part of tonight's show. Yep. Uh, good. I was waiting on that because I knew he said it was medical earlier. So super chat from Sam here. Why didn't we see LA Knight tonight? Uh, on SmackDown to help John Cena. So there, there's the reasoning. I was saving that. Uh, Sean Rossap, before we went on the air, tweeted out that uh, it was a medical reason. He was supposed to be involved in the main event tonight. You saw how everything shook out. We'll get into it. But it was tailor-made for LA Knight to show up. And it definitely sure was. Like the last four minutes. We were just sitting here waiting. Yo, can we hit the damn music? Uh, so, you know, that explains a lot. It explains... Uh, I was like, I was like, I was like, I I can describe this whole set to this whole segment in one sentence. <laughs> I was like, Jimmy Uso and Sola Sokoa beat up John Cena for a long time. Oh, yeah, it looked like <laughs> forty minutes. Jesus, I was going enough, guys, enough. Please. It was, it was like, would you just watch John Cena? Why are you sitting John on the ropes and then? It, it uh, honestly, it looked, it, it reminded me of when Brock beat Cody's ass on Monday Night Raw after Mania, and he just kept beating him and beating. Him. No, <laughs> no, Brock, Brock knew what to do. He knew to do different things. I'm gonna hit him with the chair. I'm gonna hit him with the steps. I'm gonna throw him into the table. I'm gonna give him an F5 here. I'm gonna give him an F5 there. I'm gonna give him an F5 over here. No, these guys literally did the same thing for ten minutes. They did. <laughs> Let's kick him. Let's pick him up. Samoan Spike. Oh, we have more time? Okay. Let's pick him up. Yeah, Samoan Spike. Let's sign the contract. We'll sign the contract. Yeah, we'll sign that. God. Then we'll look around. Then we'll throw it on him. Then we'll do some more stuff and look around. And Yeah, it was a long time, which means to me that John Cena has absolutely no friends in that dressing room. It used to be on some shows – some underneath guys would run out there and get the shit beat out of them or something, and the guy still laying there. Okay, I got the it. The one guy who was going to stand next to him left in a freaking stretcher, man. Like he went, they, he got <laughs> got pulled out of an ambulance, taken to a local medical facility. Are we allowed to say hospital? I don't know. Screw it. He got taken to the damn hospital. Like seriously, who will you run out there? I mean, I know a dumb baby you know, syndrome is a thing, I, but like, who else? I, I would. I would. Run yeah, I don't want to get yeah. me started on this whole thing. How it doesn't make any sense. When I literally saw Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso come out tonight, I was like, "So, like, Jimmy Uso turning on the bloodline, like, never happened, right? Like, <laughs> that's what we're. That's what they. They basically are retconning that, right? Or at least, or at least they're trying to act like, oh, Jimmy has an ulterior motive. He's taking the mic from 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 Paul. He's really trying to take control of the bloodline. 
if he's trying to take control of the bloodline, then how does his excuse to Jay make any sense? Because he said that having control of the bloodline and being the tribal chief poisons you and makes you a bad person, and that's why he stopped Jay from doing it. But it seems like he wants to do that now. So not, there's no way to make this make sense. Oh, my God. It's a headache watching this whole bloodline <laughs> storyline like, unravel before my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you okay, Rick? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I had some I had some diet coke go down the wrong pipe. But uh regardless, we'll we'll get to all of that today. Guys, make sure to get uh your, your comments in, make sure to get any questions in. Uh super chats. Uh obviously it looks like they're back up. So if you want to be like Sam, guarantee that your comment gets read. Uh send us in a super chat and uh, what we'll was that last question? Why didn't we see LA night? Didn't you just tell him? Yeah, I just put it back up on the screen as an example. Oh, that was you. I thought they just yeah. asked it. Well, you didn't tell me what you were doing. I think I'm I just, just going to ask you. Good night, everybody. We're done. See you. Uh, I'm gone. I'll, I'll see you. Rick's being an asshole again. So I'm <laughs> I, I'll, I'll see you guys later. Uh, All right, no, Cheeto Dust Pants. Sit down. Riju right. <laughs> just said, get your ass back on the screen. I said, all right. Now you see you messed up a deal up here. Now I gotta re realign this. All right, well, why why we get Dutch back here, SP3? Uh, real quick, just putting a bow on the whole uh, SmackDown moving to you to USA Network situation. I think the interesting thing about the announcement that got made is the fact that there was no extension announced for Raw or NXT, which means both of those shows could still be moving to another network. They could be moving to Fox. They could be moving to Amazon. They could be going to Disney. And there was also the mention that Monday Night Raw, at least in a Wall Street Journal report, I want to say, could be moving nights. So for the first time in decades, Monday Night Raw could be, well, I don't know, Wednesday Night Raw. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Wednesday Night Raw going head-to-head -head with Dynamite on ABC or ESPN2 or wherever the hell they want to throw it? Could you imagine that? SP3. I'd be hilarious. <laughs> I'd be hilarious. And I'd be here for it. I love, I love I love chaos. I love pettiness. And that would be amazing. Yeah, it's very interesting <laughs> where where uh Raw and NXT is gonna be. And I, I think that it's gonna be uh it it's gonna not gonna be USA, it seems. It seems WWE wants to spread out that money, they want money from two different companies, and you know. NBC Universal just spent a pretty penny on SmackDown, so they want money from someplace else. I think that Disney is probably going to be the favorite, and we're probably going to get Raw and NXT on FX. I will say this. It was smart for USA to go ahead and lock up SmackDown. They, they wanted to keep that partnership, and they knew, hey, maybe we can't afford Raw and NXT. Let's go ahead and lock SmackDown in and stay just stay in the family. We still got Peacock. We still got the pay-per-views on our network. We can stick with, with SmackDown for five more years. So I think it was and, smart. And it's a no-brainer for USA because they're they're like, that's the top. You're, that's your top-rated show, and that's the only one we don't have? Let's get that one and then yeah, screw all see the what else. Yeah, and they're still in the running. They're still, could yeah, you yeah, imagine yeah. If, they, if they do sign Raw and NXT and it's literally all on the USA? It's going to be back like 2015, 2016 when everything was well, on USA. Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. It's not but like I, I, I honestly don't remember. remember, dude. 
But you're talking like three years before the pandemic started. That was a lifetime ago at this point. I, I, I was a completely different person. I was at a different point in my life. I don't remember that shit. Let's dive into the show here, guys. Friday Night SmackDown, we open, up, we open up with John Cena to a big pop. Says tonight he wants to have a match, Dutch. Can I just mention this? Because I see it in the chat. This crowd did suck tonight. It really <laughs> did. I, I I don't always say that about crowds because I always want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And maybe they weren't mic'd right. But I heard this from multiple people at the show as well. The, sh- the crowd, I don't know, just wasn't wasn't as exciting as usual WWE crowds. After John Cena, like after after the opening segment, like they kind of died down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but Cena, but opens I, I, up. Couldn't, I couldn't tell that on TV though. Could you? Could you tell, Sid? Yeah, 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 yeah. After the after the Cena segment, it just seemed like they were just like subdued. It seemed, or or they were waiting for another star. They were waiting for another star to come out. But for a match like we got with, I Oscar think they were waiting for Rock Joe, again. Yeah, they they seemed like they wanted Rock. They seemed like they were greedy for Rock at the end for sure. But mm-hmm. we got a they got a very good to great matchup with Oscar and Eo Sky, and it just uh, best like, match on the show. The the worst part of that whole match was the crowd. The crowd, crowd just didn't. Yeah. And I, I I I didn't know if it was just me. And then I saw multiple people saying it because I thought I was just me because I was at Grand Slam and I heard the crowd for Eddie Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli or MJF and Samoa Joe. It's light years from this crowd tonight. Mm-hmm. Regardless, they were up for John Cena tonight. Cena says he wants to have a match. He doesn't get that match. Says he's excited, he's angry, angry enough to fight Solo and Jimmy on his own, but he has found himself a phenomenal partner. AJ Styles comes down to the ring. He calls out the bloodline. Jimmy and Solo come down. They don't get in the ring. They F off. They said, nah, screw this, we're out. We go to a commercial break. John and AJ are pleading with Adam Pierce to make a match official for tonight. He says he's got to go talk to Paul Heyman. So this entire opening segment was basically a big circle jerk because we knew we weren't going to get this match tonight. We knew they were setting up something at this point for Fastlane because they keep giving us all these big title matches on like Raw and SmackDown. And we got another one next week. And I'm sitting here going... Y'all realize October 7th, Indianapolis, you have a premium live event that you literally have, as of right now, no matches for. Zero have been booked for Indianapolis. And right now, I'm sitting here like, do I want to drive 90 minutes to that show? I don't know. But regardless, uh, we get a few segments throughout the night involving Heyman and the bloodline. And (laughs) Heyman right now, Dutch... When you watch him backstage with Solo Sokoa, who is just pissed off at the world right now and wants to fight everybody, and Jimmy Uso, who is acting like nothing has happened, like SP3 alluded to earlier, like he's just like acting like everything is cool. Paul Heyman right now looks like the babysitter who is tired with the kids and is eagerly awaiting for daddy to come home and clean up the mess. Like that is what Paul Heyman is acting like right now when you see him interact with Solo and Jimmy by themselves. And I'm sitting there, but I'm not getting bored with it. I'm sitting there saying, okay, there's something's coming out of this. And if they don't take six months to do it, if they if they do it in the next month or so, it'll work. If they take it too long, you know, people get pissed off at it. But I'm not bored with it. And I'm really, I'm really fascinated by uh, solo to see where he's going. 
because it's it's interesting to me. And like like Sid said, I was waiting for L.A. Knight to hit that ring with Cena because they had they had taken us one way with AJ, and now you're waiting for AJ to hit, but he don't come. So I'm, I'm waiting. I'm I'm waiting somehow when they started beating his ass then for L.A. Knight to hit. I think the crowd would have popped then. Oh, they were waiting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was waiting too. Hell, I would have popped. I would just jumped up from my chair in my living room and just screamed out loud. It's a brilliant time. I mean, I'm sitting here. I wouldn't have done that, but that would have been a good good pop-off to it. And they actually led the way. I thought that was genius, the way they let you believe it was AJ, but then all of a sudden they, they would change. That's what, I suggested. that's what I suggested to them when they called me this week. I, I told them that's what I would do. But well, they need to hurry up. They might screwed it up. They need to hurry up yeah. and hire you and get you off the show. Anyway, uh, Frantic World. <laughs> <laughs> Frantic World asking, what are they doing with the Good Brothers right now? Uh, reportedly, Gallows is hurt at the moment, so uh, that's why AJ has kind of been mad at the OC, and they've been, you know fractured and we saw i did like carl anderson tonight uh as aj is getting put into the the ambulance carl anderson's just sitting here like i've been telling him not to do like this was a dumb idea like they actually gave carl anderson something to do either that or he took it on his own to actually have a character and actually have some involvement with this storyline because they have not done anything with the good brothers since AJ Styles even came back, or or Mia Yim for that matter. So for a second, SP3, I thought maybe they were splitting AJ from them. I was actually happy to hear that Gallows was injured because at least it gave him a reason. At least it gave him a reason not to have them somewhat creatively involved anyway. I mean, they're not going to have them creatively involved anyway. So, I mean, what's the use here? Um I don't, I don't, I don't know how to feel about any of this. I'm sorry. Like the the logic holes in this whole bloodline story, it's really hurting my ability to kind of like sit down and and just retain and take everything in a vacuum because none of this makes sense to me. None of the none of the the character motivations on AJ Styles and the OC and that works, but. You guys haven't used them in months, and now you want me to care about them in the top program? I'm sorry, I could do that with AJ Styles. I don't know, but you're stretching it with the rest of the OC. So I think that I understand why they've been steadily but surely week by week kind of separating from him. He's kind of more of uh, Carl Anderson is more of a side character who's been telling him to stay out of this stuff. I think that eventually this is going to lead to AJ coming back after fast lane and going through Jimmy and then potentially having a match with Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. But as far as fast lane, it seems like we're getting Cena and LA Knight if he's healthy versus the the bloodline for now. Hopefully. And look, at least if you'd hope by now between now and the 7th of October, when that pay-per-view happens, that LA Knight will be cleared. He'll be good to go. We wish him a speedy recovery, all of that. Uh, on. If it lingers, you can always go right back to AJ Styles and just do that tag team matchup anyway, right? Like, he was attacked tonight. He was put through a table, but, you know, maybe you just do the, he was sent to the hospital for precautionary reasons. Turned out he was fine. He was a little banged up. He can come out that night after two weeks, and he's good to go, and you can still have that match. So at least they have a little bit of a backup plan built in there. 
But uh, they really yeah. needed they really needed Matt Riddle tonight, I think. But they didn't have him because he was suspended because of he got groped by a TSA agent. Well, he he wasn't suspended. That's the damnedest story. He was released. That was the damnedest. Oh yeah, he was. He was let, let let go. That was the damnedest story I'd ever heard. Though. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I do agree with you guys though. This this whole last segment it really drug on. Like that first Samoan spike got hit at nine fifty four, and that I'm just sitting here and I'm like, this I was whole expecting- segment started Rick at like nine forty three. Yeah, they did the <laughs> whole beatdown backstage with uh with the whole. I Too long. When, I hate when WWE has the most intentional blocking where you're like, I know he's not gonna about to hit him with this. You did you you literally I knew it before, but when I saw solo up there and I saw the blocking of the camera, I was like, he's he's just gonna jump off of there, but he's not gonna really hit him. We're not gonna see him in him. I hate when WWE telegraphs it that much, and it just took me out of it. That also took me out of it. I was trying to take it all in the moment, and then that took me out of it as well. And it was just like, all right, all right, they're trying to sell this. Like, this is a big beatdown, and you're going to take him back. But I've seen WWE matches and no DQ matches where someone does the same move to them, and they kick out. So why do you expect me to think AJ Styles is going to go in a, in a stretcher in an ambulance because of that? And then they do this freaking 12-minute segment? Of a beatdown for what? Yeah, I feel like they could have added something else to the show tonight. I don't know what, but I don't know how late <laughs> they found out that eight at, at that uh LA night wasn't going to be there. It felt like they could have done something a little bit different tonight. Maybe they just timed things out badly, and I don't know. But it, yeah, the whole thing just kind of drug on. It just it needed LA night badly. Unfortunately, uh, he was not available again. If you're just joining us late, Sean Ross at Fightful.com reporting that uh, LA night has tested yeah. positive for COVID. That whole segment would have been better if they'd have timed it better. Yeah, yeah like the time, it yeah. just went too long. Like, like but, no, they knew LA night wasn't there. You can't, we can't blame LA night being sick or tested positive for, for COVID for them not timing that right. No, that's on them. Well, they timed that wrong somehow. I don't know how they would do that, but. I mean, we only had like three damn matches tonight. Like, <laughs> I was literally thinking in my head. I was like, I literally only remember LWO versus Street Profits, Oscar yeah. versus EO, and uh, t- 2023 Miz and Morrison versus the Wallen <laughs> Brutes. That's all I remember from tonight's show. Yeah, they had three matches on the whole damn show tonight. Let's talk about the first one, gentlemen. Uh, we had LWO, Rey Mysterio, and Santos Escobar versus the Street Profits. Uh, d- dude, Dawkins was cooking with the power moves in this one. He sent Santos Escobar flying with a big shoulder tackle. He hit a super sky high on Rey Mysterio. And Dawkins was the story of the match itself because there was a point where the referee's back is turned. Lashley takes out Rey Mysterio. He gives him up to Dawkins on a platter. And you could still see the the baby face Dawkins, the good guy Dawkins in him. He 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 stalls for a half second. He's like, I don't know how I feel about that. It ends up costing him. Rey Mysterio does the sunset flip after Lashley tells Dawkins, "What the hell are you doing? Get on him!" Rey Mysterio does the sunset flip, roll up one, two, three. Dawkins is shocked. Tez is shocked and Lashley is pissed. I know how SP3 feels about this Dutch. We'll get to him in a second. What do you think about the the developments tonight between Lashley and the Street Profits? Because Lashley left them in the ring 
And then later on, we get a backstage segment where Lashley is basically not even screaming at him. He's just like talking to them very sternly. Like, I want it all back. I want the suits. I want everything back that I gave you. Because if you can't pull the trigger, I'm going to find somebody else to do. And you're asking sit and catering. That was a cold ass line. Uh, but that's I mean, my some, gimmick. Tu some tough love here from, from Lashley tonight against yeah, the street I, I thought I was the only one who sat in, uh, sit in that room by myself with the food. Uh, well, we got something coming up with the street profits and Bobby Lashley. I think, I think they looked at the street profits. They still like, they're still regarded as baby faces. I don't think the people took them as heels, didn't want to take them as heels. So instead of fighting the crowd, hey, take it back the way it was, and we'll do something with uh, Bobby Lashley and see if that cooks. Because I think they put the horse in front of the wagon. Oh, the horse is supposed to be in front of the wagon. Right? They put the wagon in front of the horse, the and how they going back, going back the first the first way they went, and see how that works. And I think now, but it does see, we got to see who uh, Bobby Lashley is going to get now. now so, I, I don't think they're split though. Like I, I don't, I don't, I didn't get the, <laughs> I, I didn't get the sense that this was a divorce. I think this is just Lashley showing them some tough love saying, Hey, look, get your shit together SP three, or I am going to go find somebody else. That's what I read into it tonight. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I, I, didn't. I got, I got that as that's valuable that. TV time to do that. They yeah, can do it I, some way. I don't know. They 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 can go either way with it. I don't give a crap either way. <laughs> I I agree with <laughs> I, agree, I agree with uh with Rick on this. I think it's more of just teasing the dissension, showing some tough love because Dutch, you gotta remember every WWE stable needs to tease dissension. What is going on? Can we get one stable that get along for like more than a month? Please, now, I, please, that are not having matches against each other, that are not teasing that they want to break up with each other, that are not costing each other matches. Can we get one, one of them things, please? I, I get I get where you're coming from, and I will agree with you on pretty much a lot of the other factions. This He's actually, I actually like, like, if you look at this angle tonight in a bubble, I like this a lot because this is a slow burn for the street profits heel turn. Instead of going from, Hey, we're the good guys. We like to party. You know, we, we are really good people. Like you don't just turn evil with a snap of your fingers. Like that's why I like Dawkins having an issue with Lashley getting involved in his match instead of, Oh shit, let's go. I got an easy victory. Like, you know, a, a, a traditional heel would and Lashley obviously taking issue with that so i think like they've gotten the new look they've gotten the new gear but they're still coming out to their same song they're still dancing around they still got the red solo cups coming everywhere i think this is going to be part of a slow burn for the street profits and lashley using tough love is going to mold them into the tag team that he wants either that or ford is going to turn on dawkins because he's not going to be able to <laughs> make that switch that um wants. guys it's the latter it's the latter that's what i got that i i, I that's what i was starting to say i was like i agree with you but i also get a feeling that this is all leading to montez ford being aligned with bobby lashley and not angelo dawkins yeah it seems like that dawkins is the best is that is the best choice 
I think. For what I mean, it's worth. I mean, you there, there's a lot of legs that these three have together as a trio, but we've also been sitting here for how many years, SP3? I feel like four at least, saying, when the hell is Tez's solo push going to start? Like, why the hell? Like, <laughs> how about Montez being the one to take the United States title off of Rey Mysterio? Like, why not have that be the angle? They're already feuding with the LWO. You can get, you know, if Dawkins doesn't get in line, they can kick him to the curb. He can go away for a little bit. He can come back after Montez has won the United States championship. Now, all of a sudden, you got the Profits, former tag team partners, fighting over the United States title at some point down the road, whether that be at the Royal Rumble or whether that's at uh, Survivor Series or something like that. You can build them both up. Dawkins has the baby. Dawkins has the big flashy you know power moves and you know the obviously can get hyped with the crowd montez can do whatever he wants because he's got the charisma there's a lot of different ways that they can go with this um but the one way that they cannot go is the one that does <laughs> no offense Dutch. they can't just start this and then say ah screw it it's over let's let's just have lashley and, and the street profits go their separate ways this has to be kind of a different you're saying they can't do it they shouldn't do it they, they okay, that's what you need to say. They shouldn't do it. Don't say they can't do it because they can do anything they want to do, whether it works or not. We've seen that a yeah. hundred times. We got but a whether it should do it or not. You got a point. We got a but recap they do have of, a lot of doors open. Go ahead. Yes, we got a recap of the rock uh, showing back up on Friday night SmackDown last week in Denver. Uh, Commentary is having a lot of fun with this. Michael Cole doing his best Dwayne Johnson impersonation. And then Austin Theory comes out of nowhere and just starts berating Michael Cole uh, before he ends up getting escorted out of the uh, ringside area. We go to a commercial break. We come back. We have Theory and Pierce who are arguing backstage. They run into the Brutes. Grayson Waller shows up. This sets up our tag team match for tonight. Uh, let's go ahead and just dive right into that, uh, and then we'll talk about the ladies uh, last. But we get A-Town down under against the Brawling Brutes. SP3, I thought these four worked incredibly well tonight. I Great thought this match. was a really, really strong tag team match. And I got to give a lot of credit to Ridge Holland. I think he has come a long way since, you know, from being the guy that we saw in the ring with Big E in January late last year or early last year. To where he is now, his growth has been exponential. He just seems comfortable. He's getting it. He's found his groove in the ring. Him catching Austin Theory, you know, midair, like in the slam position, in the gorilla press position, was incredibly great tonight. I loved the sequence to how they finished this matchup. These four worked really, really, really well tonight, I thought, SP3. Yeah, this was a solid match. I thought that everybody uh, looked good in the matchup. It got a bunch of time as well, went through yeah. a commercial break. And and the 2000, 2023 Miz and Morrison got the win. So they are 2-0. Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, A-Town, down under, 2-0. My favorite tag team in WWE right now because I was going to give somebody else that moniker, and then they ruined their vignette at the end by stealing, biting off of Roderick Strong. <laughs> Dutch, your thoughts on uh... this match? This match here was very well done. I love the finish. Yeah, because Waller does that rolling somersault, roll right into the DDT. Boom, it's finished. Very smooth and very quick. 
And it actually, I've never seen that before. So I'm saying this guy that here was the is the best his rolling cutter has looked. Yes, and he rolled right in there and right in the boom and took him down. Right. So, and like and like let me, SP3, let me bring go ahead. No, I was gonna say to, to SP3's point, there are some times where like Grayson in his matches, like to do his finisher, he's in the middle of the ring and he has to like prop somebody up and then run out to the outside of the ring. This setup was perfect because he was already on the outside. He had just taken out Butch, and then he sees Ridge having the Austin Crab locked in on Austin Theory. It was already perfectly set up. The it it just made sense. And it was like, yeah, realistically, suspending the disbelief, right? Realistically, I could see him doing that move because it made sense. It set up Austin Theory to hit A Town down for the win. I love this finishing sequence. It was very well put together. Anyway, go ahead, mm -hmm. Doug. Yeah. Okay, uh, the Rock was on the show last week. Did a, a, a hell of a rating. Yeah, but the sh and I'm watching TV Saturday. I, I'm a big college football fan. Mm -hmm. The Rock was on TV all day Saturday. He was on SmackDown. Then all day Saturday, he was on uh, Game Day. Then he was on uh, the the other talk show, and then he was on the sidelines with Colorado State and Colorado. That that game did almost 12 million viewers. So. Somebody can tell me now that he's not going to be at WrestleMania. I, I point to that. They didn't do that for nothing. So he's no, there. No, that wasn't a one-off. That wasn't a, hey, you're only an hour away. Come in. That was done for a reason. That was 100% done for a reason. Um, look, the fact that Austin Theory is still talking about it a week later and is still pissed off about it, like, you know, this – they're going to keep bringing it up and they're going to keep bringing it oh, up. Yeah. They're going to keep bringing it up. And then when, whenever Roman Reigns comes back, somebody's going to bring up the rocks name to him on television. And we're off to the races. When that happens, you know, it's signed, sealed, delivered. It's done. Like, let's you need, go. We need the fans to play along and start chanting the Rocky during Roman segments. Rocky. Rocky. What happened tonight? Rocky. Yeah, they were chanting during the bloodline segment. I'm talking about when Roman is speaking, because you know Roman Reigns. He's the type of guy, even if it's not planned, if it's too loud and too noticeable, he'll acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. one, thing, one thing that made me very happy tonight is uh, Friday Night SmackDown, WWE remembered that they drafted a women's tag team to their roster that we have not seen in quite some time. And Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, SP3, they got a vignette. And I honestly, like, this was brilliant, the way that they have set this up with them tonight because this women's tag team division has been much maligned with injuries and bad luck and everybody from Sonya Deville to Joe Schmo sitting in the stands that says, this tag team division is cursed. You literally have a tag team that are Wiccans. And then you have them cut a promo and a vignette tonight and say, gee, I wonder who could have been pulling all the strings from behind the scenes to make that happen. And I'm just like, holy shit, whoever had that idea, you're a freaking genius. This worked tonight. And I'm excited that it they seem to have someone something on social media. It was someone on social media that, that said that. I saw that weeks ago and I was like, I missed oh, that that's one. a good idea. And then they used it. I was like, oh, yes, great, yeah. great idea. 
this is where you use it. Listening to the fan works out because I was like, yeah, that 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 explains something that's real life and makes it into a story. So I enjoy stuff like that. I think Isla Dawn and Alba Fire are so talented. Yes. It's unfortunate they haven't been used since being called up. I feel like, man, this is a bad group of call-ups outside of like Grayson Waller. Like, because Cameron Grimes hasn't been on TV. Alba Fire and, and Isla Dawn haven't been on TV since June. Jeez. Amy Hartwell. Amy Hartwell was NXT Women's Champion. Granted, she hurt her foot, right? So she hurt her foot, but she's healthy now. What? She was used in one squash match? Like, one squash match to put over Ronda Rousey, I think it was? Like, I don't even remember who it was at this point. No, so, or Rhea Ripley. Ripley. Rhea Ripley, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, like. If you look at that man's tag match, they were all call-ups all through NXT, and and it was very, very good. Yeah. So, So, I mean, sometimes it's a slow burn. Like I said, it's Triple H will call people up and say, yeah, I'm going to use them, and then, like, it's 18 months later, (laughs) he's finally got an idea, and he's finally – he's a patient man. But he kept his word, and patience pays off. Yeah. It does. Or you end up being one of the or released, or you end up getting fired. Yeah. yeah. One or the other. Neither one should surprise you. Can we can we really quickly uh talk about Elton Strong tonight? I love the fact that they are keeping pretty deadly on television, which means that they're they're coming back, right? Elton Prince is gonna be back sooner <laughs> rather than later. Uh, but this this rehab video that he was doing uh, it was great. Shake it was great with his shoulder. And he's acting like he's dying and like Kit Wilson pops up there first and is like, like all we needed was like Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background because that's the exact kind of tone that he was going with this. And then we just get the nurse who pops up and goes, he's got a separated shoulder. He's going to be fine. And he's dropping his drink in the background. This was hilarious. And Dutch, I think doing these kinds of things. Right. like Yes. Pretty Deadly was not getting great crowd reactions because they were mixed up with Austin Theory. This kind of stuff's going to get him over with the audience, and then people are actually going to be happy to see him when they come out live in in the arenas. Well, I'm wondering, since they like this, and I enjoyed it. I laughed at it. It was, it was very good, very creative. But I'm wondering, are they going to keep them heels? Because after the people like this, when you bring them back out, you know, they don't want to – they may not want to cheer again. I don't know. We'll have to see where they go with that. But this little clip with them tonight was very well done. I almost think make, turning them babyface, if you're going to keep the Street Profits together, SB3, or you're going to break them up, that is a babyface tag team that you are losing from the ranks. So I think it would make sense to even out the numbers and make Pretty Deadly babyface if the crowd does react and they continue to do these fun skits that people like. Pretty Deadly are just uh, so talented, whether it's in the ring, as an act, on the mic, as characters. And this is right up there, Alley. And the out of the ring stuff has kind of been some of the best stuff over on AEW. So I think this is uh, coming from kind of like, and WWE always does well with these type of stuff when they actually, you know, have some guys that have the comedic shots to hold it down. But yes, Dr. Thanos is 100% right. (laughs) This segment would have been the best thing on the show tonight. And then they had that whole Elton Strong. And I'm just like, this is just them biting off of Roger Strong and the kingdom. And I was just like, 
I enjoy it a little bit less now because you <laughs> you didn't have to make it that obvious. You didn't have to make it that obvious with the Ulta hashtag Elton Strong. I was just like, damn, you didn't even need that. This segment yeah. was good without that. You didn't even need that. Why'd you why'd you do that? Why'd you make it obvious you were who you were biting off of, who you were copying here? Don't do that. But hey, these guys are talented. If they if we could just stick on their performance, this was great. Michael in the chat saying, are we ever going to see Dexter Loomis again? Whenever the hell Johnny Gargano and the rest of the way show back up, I guess. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if what Tommaso Ciampa is doing, going up against Imperium by himself, does not bring back Johnny Gargano, I don't know what the issue is, and I don't know where these are. Like, I, to answer your question, I don't know. I miss Johnny Gargano. I want him on my television screen. I want him on my television screen now. If you're not going to use him on Raw, put him on SmackDown, please. Like the fact that they gave us the way reunion and then we literally haven't seen them since together anyway, except maybe once or twice. That's just, that's cruel. That's just cruel. Patience, 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 wait. I'm being as patient as I possibly can. It's coming. The big match, the main match of the night, although it wasn't the main event, but it was the one that got a lot of time. It was the one that had the most pub. It, it should have had about best. three minutes more to uh, cover that bullshit at the end. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I didn't want this match <laughs> to end. I really did not. It's EO Sky versus Asuka. I thought WWE did a great job, Michael Cole in particular, of playing this up. Michael Cole... The fact that he's allowed to like dive back into the history of, of these people and talk about separate promotions and give people the full backstory and why this, this really matters is something that I like a lot that he's allowed to do on commentary. It brings it, it's ed educational for, for those of us who don't know the backstory. And this match was hard hitting. This match was fast paced at, at times. Asuka is just so, it's like she's so fast, but she's so crisp and she's so smooth. It's it never is not amazing to watch her in the ring. And I thought her and EO played incredibly well together. Yes, Bailey played a role in the finish of this, but the shenanigans were not overbearing like I thought they were going to be SP3. EO Sky gets a big win. Uh, my only complaint really is like Michael Cole at the beginning, like people are criticizing her title reign. And I'm just like, Y'all book the shit like y'all book her title reign. And this is he's had it for seven yeah, weeks. Well, this is her second title defense. Like, yeah, yeah, Michael, sit out there and just damn criticize creative when they listen to you. Just go ahead and knock yourself out of a spot. But that was like my only that was my only complaint for this. Uh, I even hey, if I was on creative, I would come up with a deal for somebody to power bomb Michael Cole next week. And it I might said, no, be Austin Theory. It's going to work. Yeah. It Could might be. be Austin Theory, to be completely honest with you. Maybe that's where they're right. going. But SP3, <laughs> there's a lot to like about this. Like, I was, when they booked this for SmackDown, I was afraid it was going to be five minutes, six minutes, damage control getting involved. I like the fact that Charlotte came down and like didn't really get heavily involved. She's just kind of there to be like an unbiased judge of all this, make sure things went down fairly. Um, setting up her and Bailey next week. There was a lot to like about this tonight, SP3. I did not need Charlotte Flair out here at all. 
I did not need Bailey getting involved in this matchup. I would have no complaints about this matchup if it wasn't for the, the involvement, the sports entertainment-ish type of ending. But I felt like this was a great first matchup between these two ladies. They got nearly 20 minutes. They went out there. It was hard-hitting. It was intense. It was well paced. There was some clunky moments. Uh, I won't. I won't like. There were some moments where they just didn't seem on the same page. But that added a little bit of realism to this being a fight and an athletic competition. So I, I don't always like take off from that. But I thought these two women kind of uh, fit the bill on this kind of build as a dream match between these two, and they left a lot on the bone to go back to yeah. this matchup when they get even more time on a pay per view. If it wasn't for the finish, I would have no issues really with this with this matchup other than the crowd sucked during this match yeah they got up at a few points tonight but i was like really hoping they would be more into it um well you didn't have a to me to me you didn't have a set baby face that is true that is true that's what i that's what i did I did notice that. I was like, I was like, yeah, neither one of these women are baby faces, so that is a little bit of a of an obstacle. Well, they didn't want to boo one of them, didn't want to cheer one of them, so they sat there and, and what they watched, I thought was very good. I actually liked the finish because of uh, Charlotte Flair getting up and punching somebody else that had nothing to do with the match, and then that turned Oscar in. Then they did the finish. I thought it was a very, very well done finish. You had a win, a clear win, even though a little maybe tainted a little bit, but that's only for the purists out there. And if you watch wrestling, you can't be a purist. You either got to accept it for what it is and go on. But I thought this is one of the the the, the best best all together shows that SmackDown has done in a while. Ozzy asking where was Nia? Uh, she's stalking the next Raw superstar that she's going to take out. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. We don't need her taking out everybody on, on, on both shows. I do like what they're doing with her so far on Monday Night Raw, though. Um, yeah, any, any, any final comments? Uh, where, where do we, what do we think they're actually going to put on the Fast Lane card? Like, where, where do we think they're going? Because next week, we're getting Charlotte and Bailey, right? So Charlotte was obviously down there because she wants next, right? She wants another shot at the Women's, at the women's Championship. So that's, that's fine. But she's picking a fight with Bailey. So do we think it's going to be EO and and Charlotte? Do they set that up at Fast Lane? Do we do a triple threat match since Bailey got involved with Oscar rolling in there? Does Bianca come back at some point? Like I don't know what they're putting on. We got the United States title match that's happening next week on SmackDown. Are we sitting here going, are they going to do shenanigans here and then set up some another kind of match at the pit? Like, I don't know what's going to be on Fastlane, guys. I genuinely I don't. Know. Is this going to be a four-match card? What are we doing? They literally are leaving it to the final week. Like, it's AEW all out. <laughs> like, like they they literally left all this to like the final the final two weeks to put together this whole card for for fastly because even the match that we do have we don't know all the participants in the matchup so it's like we have years, no matches years ago they used to use i swear to god it was poster cards they would put those big things up in windows and it would give you like two main events possibly three and also appearing that's what they did they didn't book the whole card so you you're either going to buy the top matches and who cares who's underneath but 
That's the way they used to do it. They might be wanting to do this. I mean, they will book a whole card, I'm sure, but it's not. I don't think they didn't book a whole card for their thing in Wembley, did they? Yeah, they did. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they booked the whole card. Yeah. Okay, they had a nine a nine match card. How, how okay? How far out did they book the whole card? A week? Two More? weeks. Two weeks. They had most okay. of the matches already. already okay. Booked. All right. Uh, AEW usually does is they they'll announce like the top two matches early, three to four weeks out, and then they'll announce like most of the card two weeks out, and then some final matches the final. Uh, Frantic World saying WWE should put Jade Cargill on the pay-per-view just to get some eyes on it, LOL. Uh, SP3 and I had a long conversation about this, I believe, on another network uh, earlier this week. I came to SP3's side of thinking on this when it comes to Jade Cargill. I would have her debut if she's ready to go and she's in the fold. If she signed on the dotted line and she is ready to go and ready to start immediately, I would have her debut at No Mercy after Becky Lynch has retained the NXT Women's Championship against Tiffany Stratton in an Extreme Rules match, you have Jade Cargill come out and face off with Becky Lynch. Not like face her, but face off with Becky Lynch and start that program on NXT. That is where I think Jade Cargill, and she wins the belt off of Becky, either, you know, what, what, there's probably another pay-per-view, another NXT pay-per-view before the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. deadline. In yeah, deadline. Have her win it at deadline. Have her go into the Royal Rumble as the NXT Women's Champion. Have her become the face of the women's division on NXT before she moves up to the main roster. I was I was with a lot of people uh, who thought that Jade should immediately go to the main roster. And I feel like, Dutch, maybe you can, uh, maybe you share the same thought process on this. There are some people out there, I believe anyway, who see Jade Cargill on AEW, which many people feel like is on par with WWE main roster. And then they would see Jade Cargill as going to NXT as a step down because it's a developmental uh, brand. So maybe they don't understand why she would necessarily do that, but she could still, you know, she hasn't been wrestling a whole lot recently. So it would give her a good chance to get her feet underneath her, get in that WWE system, which I think she's tailor made for. She's an attractive star, but for the long-term sustainability and success of Jade Cargill, Going to NXT probably is the best move, wouldn't you think? I'm agreeing with you. Let her get in there, get used to the system, get some of those people down there to advise her and all the other people working working with her and get her immersed in the WWE system, then bring her up. Because now you're going to take her down to NXT, you're going to – you're going to look at her, appraise her, see what she needs, which I think is very little, but, and then bring her up. And then if you want to do an angle, do the angle there and then bring it, bring it to Raw or SmackDown. It's probably, and if, what is NXT's viewership? Uh, since Becky Lynch showed up in north of 800,000. Okay. Well, and it, it, and it will help NXT by having yep. her down there. And let's, let's see where they go. Take, look at her first and then judge her. Don't just throw her out there all of a sudden because there is a big possibility she could have a she could lay a big egg, which yeah. is hard hard to get away. But I think if you put her in NXT, give her some experience, give her some advice, guidance, I think she'll be fine. And, and I think she's a 
she's a good fit for him. People have to realize that WWE spent a lot of money on Jade Cargill to come into this company. So I know that, that that's kind of like uh, an argument against her going to NXT. But you also have to look into the fact of where is the brand of WWE that Jade Cargill, you would get the most value out of her. It's on NXT. You're trying to get a media rights deal. You're trying to make it the third brand. You need like a d- identifiable stars, a part of NXT. You can't just rely on the main roster people having a vacation in Florida for a couple of months. You got to have some stars to build around and you kind of just kind of burned one in Tiffany Stratton to get here. And you haven't had the best stretch when in general with the NXT Women's Championship since you, you had Roxanne Perez act like she was anxiety ridden and relinquished the title. And then Indy Artwell gets injured and called up. Then Tiffany Stratton gets a abbreviated run because Becky Lynch has to become champion. So you need a new star to come up into your women's division. And Jay Cargill fits that bill. Yeah, uh, and look, Jade Cargill coming in and her first program is with Becky Lynch. Like, even if it is on NXT, like, I don't think you can ask for for more than that if you're Jade Cargill coming in to, to WWE, to be completely honest with you. And you know what that does? It opens up Tiffany Stratton to go to the main roster, which I think a lot of people feel like she's she's more than ready for. SP3, what you got going on on True Hill Heat this weekend? Uh. Check out the True Hill Heat flagship podcast tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. It will be myself, the True Draw Josh, and special guests Alex McCarthy of Daily Mail and Sat E. Niangi of Wrestle Talk. We're going to be talking about AEW Grand Slam this week, all the WWE releases, Dolph Ziggler, Matt Riddle, Mustafa Ali. We'll talk all about the fallout, all the news that's come out about all the releases, and wrap up the week that was in professional wrestling. So check us out, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow. Dutch, what you got going on? Okay, if you haven't heard about this fans, it's, it's really doing good. Storytime with Dutch on YouTube has 95,000 subscribers right now. I'm trying to get to 100, which amazes me that I would have that many subscribers. But it's a good show, and it's about old school wrestling, what's going on now. And uh, I, I think you'd enjoy it. YouTube, uh, Storytime with Dutch, or email me at Dirty D Mantel or Dirty Dutch Mantel at gmail.com, and I'll get right back to you. Uh, and I'm also flying to Philadelphia tomorrow, so if you hear anything about me getting groped at TSA, you know, they've done it before, so they feel a little privileged now. Roger Rick, that. what are you doing? What are you doing, Rick? Rick, Rick, give me that look. Did you see it, Sid? Yeah. Okay, I saw it. Follow him on Twitter at Dirty D Mantel. Follow SP3 at True Heel SP3 spelled on the screen there. Follow me at Rick Uccino. That is the one-stop shop, whether it's Twitter or Threads or X, whatever the hell you want to call it now. Uh, that's where you're going to find all of my work, whether it's for Fightful or here or CagesideSeats.com. Uh, everything works out. I should have an interview with Ilya Dragunov dropping next week ahead of uh nxt no mercy which is next saturday september 30th so yeah make sure to uh check that out i would appreciate it other than that we'll be back next week friday night to talk about the united states title match to talk about uh charlotte versus bailey and oh yeah bobby lashley is going to be on the grayson waller effect next week so maybe the next chapter in the saga of bobby lashley and the street profits next week we'll have it all breaking dead for you right here
Take care, everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend.